Play and Review, Tim Speaking to the Blind, celebrating 40 years of audio newspaper production. Welcome to this week's edition of the Duckintill Herald Podcast, recorded at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre by our amazing volunteers. You can get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram using at Tune Review. That is at symbol C-U-E-A-N-E-R-E-V-I-E-W. You can also contact us directly by emailing information at tunereview.com. That is I-N-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N at symbol C-U-E-A-N-E-R-E-V-I-E-W dot C-O-M. Or by calling 0141-772-3976. That's 0141-772-3976. This week's Kirk and Tillock and Bishop Briggs Herald podcast is read to you by Alan, Corey, Hunter, Ian and Rebecca. Dyla Booze is approved. Three supermarket chains have been permitted to deliver alcohol to customers who order online. Aldi and Londis in Kirk and Tillock and Scott Mid and Bears Ben and Bishop Briggs were each granted permission to deliver booze to the doorsteps of customers by the Eastern Bartonshire Licensing Board. The permission was granted just as it was announced alcohol-related deaths in the region had risen, with one of the applications causing concern for the Health and Social Care Partnership, HSCP, due to high alcohol-related hospital admissions. Following a refurbishment, the London store on Kirkintilly-Hillhead Road will become a spa with applications seeking approval for deliveries to customers' homes and a name change, both approved. Orders will be placed using the Snappy Shopper app and fulfilled by fully trained staff. The store is located in Hairstains, adjacent to Kirkintilloch West and Hillhead, which have similar alcohol-related issues, with the former also having high rates of crime and disorder. The HSCP requested if the application was approved that alcohol only be delivered with food and that Challenge 25 procedures be fully observed including by any third parties making deliveries. The applicant confirmed all deliveries would be handled in-house, deliveries would only be made to residences within a three mile radius and that very few orders would be for alcohol only. The applicant also said they did not intend to involve third party delivery companies. Elsewhere, Aldi is developing a store at Kirkintilloch's old McGavigan site between Initiative Road and Woodley Road. As a listener for the retailer told the board, its plans were for a comparatively modest range of alcoholic items, with the display area being less than 40 square metres, about 3% of the total floor space, and that Aldi does not sell such alcohol pops or caffeinated wines. Online shopping services will be available via click and collect or delivery within the local area. In both instances, as well as in-store, a Challenge 25 policy will be enforced for transactions involving alcohol, with ID requested when appropriate. During the hearing, Licensing Standards Officer Claire Mather noted that the store would sit just outside Kirkintilloch West, an area of over-provision regards off-sales. If approved, she said that an inspection would be carried out. David Aitken of the HSCP 
recommended that the Kirkintilloch South be designated an overproduction area due to poor alcohol-related illness figures and recommended that Challenge 25 be stipulated as a condition of the licence and that the alcohol display area be located in an area designed to be less visible to vulnerable people. Following a brief adjournment, the licensing board unanimously granted the application. Finally, Scotmid, on premises at Let It Drive in Bearsden and Ockenham Road in Bishop Briggs, were both granted permission to send grocery orders, including alcohol, to customers. The application received no objections from statutory constituents, although the HSCP requested the store not be allowed to send out orders comp- comprised solely of alcohol. They also asked that a Challenge 25 age verification policy be in full effect and also required of any third-party companies delivering items on behalf of Scotland. The HSCP also noted that the Auckland area had a higher than average rate of alcohol-related mental health hospital admissions. Customers for these stores would also use the Snappy Shopper app to place orders, with all deliveries made by employees of the stores with advanced training. During the hearing, Scotland admitted further development of the app would be required to prevent orders solely consisting of alcohol. And that article was read by me, Ian. This Week in History September the 7th, 1986 Bishop Desmond Tutu was appointed Archbishop of Cape Town, the first black head of South African Anglicans. On this day last year, scientists harnessed the power of a woman's hypersensitive sense of smell to develop a test to determine whether people have Parkinson's disease. September the 8th, 1966 the Severn Bridge was officially opened by the Queen. September the 9th, 1963, Scotland's Jim Clark became the world's youngest motor racing champion. September 10, 1965, Yale University published a map purporting to show that the Vikings discovered America in the 11th century. September 11, 1978, Bulgarian defector Georgi Markov was stabbed by a poisoned umbrella point wielded by an unknown secret agent at a London bus stop. The unidentified poison brought on a coma and Markov died on September 15. September 12, 1878 Cleopatra's Needle, an ancient Egyptian obelisk, 68 foot of granite, was presented to Britain by the ruler of Egypt and Sudan and directed on the Thames Embankment. Inside the pedestal were placed some of the important reminders of the British Empire, including Bradshaw's Railway Guide, Whitaker's Almanac, and a dozen pin-ups of Victorian ladies. Family's Joy at Piper's Recovery A family are celebrating after the return home of their tiny baby after heart surgery. Piper Falls was just eight weeks old, when she was taken into hospital for a life-saving operation in July. Now, she's home from Glasgow's Royal Hospital for Children. Her family say she's ready to take on the world. Mum Gemma Smith told the Herald, At just a few weeks old, Piper wasn't gaining weight at the rate we expected. She was breastfed at first, but we switched her over to formula as we assumed she wasn't getting the volume of milk she needed. 
It was also apparent she was having challenges breathing with visible tightness in her chest and tucking under her chin. Having made an appointment, Piper's GP listened to her chest and heard a murmur. The doctor shared Gemma and Dad Connor Fold's concerns and immediately referring them to, to hospital, where it was found that Piper had three holes in her heart. Piper's issue gaining weight had been because too much oxygen had been going to her lungs due to these holes. That meant her body was working so hard to breathe that it was burning every calorie she was taking in to do so. The family were sent home with a special sock to monitor Piper's breathing while she slept. Gemma added, This was triggered a few times and we would visit the hospital but, every time we got there, it had resolved. Then one night, when we arrived at the hospital, Piper had an extreme episode of struggling to breathe. We were admitted immediately and due to Piper's episodes becoming closer together, her surgery was brought forward. Piper spent seven days in the paediatric intensive care unit to recover before heading home with mum, dad and her big brothers. Now, less than three months later, she's home laughing, feeding and keeping her parents busy. Gemma told us, Now that we're home, we can finally start to live the life that parents do with their newborn. We're finally starting to relax into life with Piper and we're enjoying spending time with her. She's also a huge hit with her older brothers too. After seven days recovering, Tiny Piper returned home. Piper Falls' journey at Glasgow Royal Hospital for Children started in June 2023 after Gemma and Connor fired up some concerns to their GP at her six-week checkup. The doctor shared the concerns and immediately referred them to hospital where she was found to have three holes in her heart. Ten days after being rushed to hospital with breathing difficulties, one night Piper underwent surgery and spent seven days in the paediatric intensive care unit to recover before heading home with mum, dad and her big brothers. Chief Nurse Mandy Meakin told us, Being there for your child when they're having heart surgery can be a terrifying experience and this is why our support extends to the families that, that we have in our care. Piper and her parents have been incredibly strong and brave and we thank them for their kind words. We're delighted to hear that we're settling into life at home and look forward to further updates. After surgery, the family had a few wobbles with Piper's heart rhythm and digestive system. But, after stabilising, she was moved toward 1E where her recovery gave the family some independence again with support from the nurseries available. Gemma added, We could never have done it without them. They saved us and her daughter, and I could not speak more highly of the staff in this department. They deserve a medal. For them, they were only doing their job, but to us, it was everything. Allowance part of SNP's The Promise is welcomed. Rona Mackay has welcomed a new minimum standard national allowance for foster and kinship carers. The Scottish Recommended Allowance, which was a key recommendation of the promise, the Scottish Government's pledge to care experienced young people, will ensure such carers can fully support the children and young people they look after. Backdated to April 1st, the weekly allowance 
will see eligible carers receive £168.31 for care of 0 to 4 year olds, £195.81 for care of 5 to 15 year olds and £268.41 for care of 16 year old and over. With the SNP government allocating £16 million to fund the Scottish recommended allowance, this payment will see over 9,000 young people across Scotland benefit. SNP MSP for Strathkelvin and Bears Den, Rona told us foster and kinship carers in Eastern Bartonshire perform a vital role supporting young people often under very intense financial pressure. The introduction of this allowance will ensure all care-experienced young people can grow up without potentially missing out on any opportunities. This positive step from the SNP will have a direct and significant impact that will see thousands of families able to better support some of our most vulnerable young people. At a time when many families are struggling with Westminster's cost of living crisis, it is very welcome the SNP Scottish Government is focusing on the principles of equality, opportunity and community to ensure that all young people in our society are fully supported. Drink death rates rising. Alcohol-related deaths in Eastern Bartonshire rose to their second highest rate ever last year. And that figure is almost two and a half times the level of 10 years ago. 24 people died of alcohol-related deaths last year, an increase of 9 from the year before, 15. The 2012 level of such deaths was just 10. And the death toll here is in line with national statistics, with the national figure at the highest level in 14 years. Findings from the National Records of Scotland found the number of people in Scotland whose death was caused by alcohol in 2022 to be 1,276. This was 31 2% more than the previous year, which was the highest number since 2008. Male deaths, which were unchanged at 836, but female deaths increased by 31 to 440. The NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde Health Board area, the largest in the country, recorded the highest number of deaths with 326, followed by NHS Lanarkshire with 200, and NHS Lothian, which includes Edinburgh, with 153. The majority of deaths logged alcoholic liver disease as an underlying cause of death, 778 in total. Drugs and Alcohol Policy Minister Eleanor Whitman said more work is required to reduce alcohol-related harm. She said, Every life lost is a tragedy and my sympathy goes to all those affected by the loss of a loved one through alcohol. While we need to better understand the reasons for this increase in deaths, I will do all I can to reduce alcohol-related harm. We'll continue to work closely with alcohol and drug partnerships and the third sector to address this public health priority. In May 2018, Scotland became the first country in the world to introduce minimum unit pricing for alcohol, MUP, with the aim of tackling the country's problem with alcohol abuse. A Scottish government-funded study published in March suggested the scheme's introduction in Scotland has led to fewer alcohol-related deaths compared to England. That was backed by a Public Health Scotland evaluation 
that collated 40 studies examining the policy's effect on health, business and public attitudes, finding MUP had helped lower alcohol consumption and avert hospital admissions. However, it warned that it had a limited impact on the most harmful drinkers. The benefits of the government's MUP will now be heavily scrutinised. Justina Murray, Chief Executive of Scottish Families Affected by Alcohol and Drugs, said In Scotland, we are absolutely world-leading at writing down all the things we are going to change and improve, but we are bottom of the league tables for action. There is an enormous gap between our bold intent to save thousands of families from further heartbreak and the daily reality of lives destroyed by alcohol right across Scotland. We need urgent and immediate action to change Scotland's alcohol everywhere culture and make sure everyone concerned about their drinking can get the treatment and support they need. Alcohol deaths are easy to prevent. The World Health Organisation has identified three best buys for governments in terms of alcohol availability, price and marketing. Alongside investment in good quality alcohol treatment and support, this will save millions of pounds in social, economic health and human costs. Our families deserve nothing less. Water success. Fireworks soared, boats bobbed and songs were sung as thousands of people celebrated Kirkintilloch Canal Festival 2023. Waves of excitement washed over the crowd during the free live concert on the Saturday night at Southbank Marina and across the town on the Sunday fun day. Tribute has been paid to everyone who set a course for Kirkintilloch and helped to make it a triumphant return for the festival, which is organised by Eastern Bartonshire Council and Partners. Council leader Gordon Lowe told us a huge thank you to everyone who attended the festival and helped create such a great atmosphere, especially those who withstood the rain on the Saturday night. I also want to pay tribute to the many partners, organisations, traders volunteers and helpers who worked tirelessly to ensure it was a success. Grounds are just perfect. The grounds at Beauclair Academy have been transformed into a fitting backdrop for a sunny new campus. One year on from the new £40.9 million facility opening its doors to pupils, the external building and landscaping work have finally been completed and they look picture-perfect. The neighbouring Bearsden School, which opened in August 2022, was built on the existing school site, with the old building now demolished. And now all external work are finished, with attractive landscaping being the finishing touch. Council leader Gordon Lowe visited the school to see the external works and catch up with some pupils. He told us, it's great to see everything coming together around the school grounds and to witness the improvement to the development through this final phase of the work. These external works are in keeping with the high standards we see throughout the interior of the building and mark the end of a very successful project delivered by Eastern Bartonshire Council with our partners for the families of Bearsden. 
With the works now completed, pupils and staff will benefit from the new grass pitch to add to the already popular 3G football pitch, a one-kilometre fitness track around the boundary of the school suitable for running, walking or cycling, and 12 bike shelters to encourage and support active travel options. There is also improved car parking and an improved bus pick-up drop-off area. An amphitheatre for outdoor learning or socialising during breaks has also been created, as well as an attractive landscaping throughout with new plants, shrubs and trees. Councillor Lowe added, The grass pitch is an important addition to the school, which I know will be well used as part of the curriculum. Likewise, the fitness track encourages physical activity and gives pupils and staff the chance to get active. The bike sheds too should make it easier for those who want to cycle to school and cut the number of school-run journeys. The new campus, which boasts flexible learning spaces, a large gym, dance studio, performance areas and the latest technology inside, has proved popular with staff and pupils alike. Pubs safety will be reviewed. A Bears Den pub will be scrutinised to ensure it complies with licensing requirements following a fatal incident at another pub in the same chain. Eastern Bartonshire Licensing Board received notification from Stonegate that the pub company had been convicted for a health and safety breach relating to a 2019 incident in Durham in which 20-year-old Olivia Burt died after a decorative screen fell on her as she queued outside city centre bar Missoula. Stonegate were found guilty of health and safety violations at Teesside Crown Court and fined £1.56 million. The station in Bears Den is the area's only Stonegate pub Following the conviction, the licensing board was asked to decide whether to assess the fitness of the local licence holders or take no action. Police Scotland has made no recommendation calling for any charge, suspension or revocation of the station's licence, but the board agreed to proceed with the hearing in order to fulfil its obligation to protect public safety. Range of genres spanned. Six of the best at theatre show... Audiences have been offered the chance to enjoy six sensational short plays courtesy of some of Scotland's finest up-and-coming writers, actors and directors. And two of the writers may already be familiar to readers, one being Alan Muir, the one-time former chief reporter of the Herald. Now, working as a public relations officer for Easter Bartonshire Council, Alan is also making a name for himself as a playwright. And his latest work, aptly entitled Hack, will form part of a fantastic night of entertainment at Cumbernauld Theatre on Friday, September 15th, presented by Short Attention Span Theatre. The night before, it will get its first outing at the Print House in Ayr. Hack tells the story of two strangers who share a fateful journey through the twilight zone of a big city. As the pair dodge traffic jams and swap jibes, they must also navigate class, morality Prejudice and Profits Alan from Kildrum in Cumbernauld said I'm excited about having work performed in Cumbernauld Theatre's Lantern House and in Ayr's Print House. They're cracking venues 
and we're working hard to put on a first class anthology of plays in each. I love writing, but on stage it's where it all comes to life. There's something about watching another world unfold in front of you in the company of others. The plays are all different subject matters and voices. It's going to be great, and Lantern House is within walking distance for me. Alan has previously written for SAST and a play, A Pie and a Pint, at the Oren Moor in Glasgow. Previous works include Acquiesce, SAST, The Greatest, PPP, awarded five stars by The Herald and four stars by The Scotsman, Scabby King, SAST, Losing the Rag, PPP, and Merry Christmas Mr Marshall, PPP. He recently took part in the East by West UK slash US Playwright Exchange. Marking his play debut, Stephen McEwen from Bears Den will prevent Superstar, a comedy set in a job centre, where the last thing a deluded young guy is seeking is a job. Stevie's work has already featured on BBC Radio Scotland and BBC Radio 4 Extra, but Superstar is his debut play. He said, I can't really un- wait to see our plays under the lights of the Lantern House and Print House. All across, across all six of our plays, there's a variety of topics and I'm sure our audience will be highly entertained. This is my first play and watching it being brought to life by an excellent director, Rebecca Wilkie, and wonderful actors is a thrill. I'm in great company with the writers too. These guys have done some wonderful things. I'm looking forward to seeing each play in action. Hack and Superstar are two and a half dozen tales which will be performed offering a blend of dark comedy, drama, family life, war and wonder. It's all been presented by the acclaimed Short Attention Span Theatre, SAST, which is once again shining a spotlight on emerging and established talents from all over Scotland and beyond. The lineup also includes Catch a Folly Knife by Johnny D. Fraser, Between Us by Rachel Flynn, War Paint by Jennifer McRae, and Linda in the Sky with Diamonds by David Bratchpiece. Tom Brogan, co-founder of Short Attention Span Theatre, said, We are delighted to bring our second shows of 2023 to Cumbernauld and Air, offering people the chance to see six brand new plays for less than the price of many tickets at the Fringe. Not only is it great value, it's a fantastic way to support grassroots theatre, I'm really excited about what's on offer. Tickets are selling fast, so I'd advise to book now to avoid disappointment. Since its inception in 2015, SEST has been dedicated to supporting new voices in theatre. For the latest information, visit the website www.twitter.com slash SEST Scotland. Snap up tickets. SAST is delighted to be presenting six of the best at Ayrshire's Print House and Cumbernauld Theatre. It will first be staged at the Print House in Ayr on Thursday, September the 14th. Tickets are priced £10 and are available via https colon forward slash main event tickets store forward slash event forward slash short dash attention dash span dash theatre. 
and the Cumberland Theatre at Lantern House production will take place on Friday, September the 15th. Tickets are priced from £10 to £12 and are available via https colon forward slash lanternhouse-arts.org forward slash events forward slash short dash attention dash span dash theatre. Lantern House is a performing arts centre which is jointly managed by North Lanarkshire Council and Cumberland Theatre, a third sector arts charity. This model promotes a sense of community ownership while ensuring the venue is managed to the highest standards. Democracy truly does matter to our communities. People across Scotland are being asked to suggest ways of increasing local control over decision making. The second phase of the Democracy Matters national conversation will give people the opportunity to come together in their communities to imagine how new and inclusive democratic processes can best help their town, village or neighbourhood. Community groups can guide local discussions by using the consultation document which covers a variety of themes. Funding is also available to help with the costs of hosting events. Community Wealth Minister Tom Arthur said, The Scottish Government is encouraging people across the country to come together and talk about local involvement in our democratic processes. We believe more decisions should be taken locally to better reflect the aspirations of our diverse communities. More than 4,000 people took part in the first phase of Democracy Matters. We now want to hear even more voices as we work together to improve the way democracy works for our communities. COSLA President Shona Morrison said, The second phase of Democracy Matters marks a renewed resolve to put local people and communities at the centre of local decision-making. By drawing on the experiences gained by local communities during and since the COVID-19 pandemic, we hope to secure a clear understanding of how new models of local democracy can transform lives. I would encourage everyone to contribute to the conversations which will be taking place across Scotland during the next few months. Willie Sullivan, Electoral Reform Society Scotland Director, added, Communities are made and good places to live are created when people work with each other to run their city, island, town or village. Scotland is the sum of these places and our democracy depends on how well we run them together. In that light, it's very important to restart Democracy Matters to ask local communities what sort of local democratic framework might make this possible. The closing date for responses is Wednesday, February 28th. To apply for grants, visit the Impact Funding Partners website. Pitch in for a writer. Book Week Scotland has opened applications for Pitch It, which lets community groups, organisations or individuals pitch to host an event with a brilliant writer. The Scottish Book Trust will provide up to £500 to help with event costs for the successful pitches, as well as tailored support to help make the events the best they can be. This year's Pitch It lineup comprises award-winning poet, playwright and best-selling novelist Kieran Millwood Hargrave for an event on Friday, November the 17th and Noradine Chowdhury, also known as At Bearded Genius, who is best known for his football writing 
for an event on Saturday, November the 18th. The deadline to pitch your event by is noon on Monday, September the 25th. To find out more and make your pitch, visit www.scottishbooktrust.com. Book Week Scotland will run from November the 13th to the 19th. NHS Winter Vaccination Programme Underway Scotland's Winter Vaccination Programme began on Monday for those who are eligible. Invitations to book or attend an appointment have already been sent to those eligible for a flu vaccine by post in a white NHS Scotland envelope or via email or text. As a precaution, Public Health Scotland and the Scottish Government are now working closely with health boards to consider bringing winter vaccinations forward for those at highest risk of becoming seriously ill from flu and COVID-19. This includes care home residents, those over 75 and over, and those with weakened immune systems who were initially set to receive their vaccinations from mid-October. This change is being made following the news of the newly identified COVID-19 variant of interest BA286, as detailed in PHS's latest National Respiratory Report. Vaccination remains the best way to protect yourself and those eligible are being strongly encouraged to take up the vaccination offer. Viruses are always changing and getting vaccinated every year is the best way to stay protected. Dr Nick Finn, Director of Public Health Science at PHS, said We are continuing to monitor the emergence and prevalence of COVID-19 variants in Scotland through our surveillance programme. While we are not concerned about the current levels, the identification of BA2 86 in Scotland means that we are now working with health boards to ensure those most vulnerable to illnesses are protected this winter. Getting vaccinated is the best way to protect yourself from serious illness and those eligible are encouraged to book or attend their appointment when invited to do so. Coming forward will also help to alleviate pressures on local health boards working to deliver the winter vaccination programme at pace. Chief Medical Officer Professor Sir Gregor Smith added, Vaccination remains the best way to protect yourself and the NHS from both COVID-19 and flu viruses and I encourage everyone to help us maintain the high uptake rates we have seen over the past three years by coming forward for vaccination. Work is ongoing to understand the new COVID variant, vaccination of people at highest risk such as care home residents and people aged 75 and over, is being brought forward as a precaution. Read by Rebecca. Family Announcements Deaths Renwick Sandra Ann Nee McLeod Wife of Ian and mother of Gillian and Claire Louise died suddenly at home on the Isle of Skye on Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. Funeral on Friday, September 8th at 2pm in the Church of Scotland in Portree, 
and burial in Glendale Cemetery afterwards. Donations in lieu of flowers to cancer research. Kirk and Tillich and Bishop Briggs Herald letters page. Let's talk. Please send your letters via email to kirkyherald at gnscotland.co.uk and write letters in the subject field. Please keep letters to a maximum of 300 words. Letters cannot be published without a name and postal address. Also include a daytime phone number if possible. We reserve the right to edit any letter. Orwellian moves to regulate judiciary. Sir, should the Scottish public, and I include nationalist supporters, still have any doubt as to how this discredited SNP administration want to control all aspects of public life, the proposals to oversee and regulate independent judiciary should dispel that doubt. The SNP proposals to give ministers far-reaching powers to regulate the legal profession are Orwellian in nature and should cause huge concern to all. Hamza Yousaf simply chooses to ignore the real concerns expressed by judges in the High Court of Judiciary, judges in the High Court of Session and the Law Society of Scotland. I know whose views I respect. Treating these views with disdain, Hamza Yousaf, as Hamza Yousaf has done, demonstrates his craving for control and, in doing so, destroying the independence of the judiciary. The SNP have demonstrated their total inability to run any aspect of public services, but perhaps this proposed legislation should be the most concerning, and every effort should be made to stop it becoming law. Yours, etc. Richard Allison Harvey Wall Hanger Sir, Scotland has been offered a free picture of King Charles III for public buildings, schools, etc. Q Ferrari from the SNP and the Greens? A waste of public money, no less? For this from the two parties who could lecture about how to waste public money? There is an elephant in this room. If Scotland was independent, it would want to have a precedent to fulfil the role of the monarchy. Are no pictures of said presidents going to be placed anywhere? Would there be a sudden change of heart if this mythical future role was offered to either Hamza Yousaf or Patrick Harvey? I suspect the answer is obvious. Yours, etc. Gerald Edwards, by email. Bill's Patter. Sir, I was so disappointed by the BBC coverage of this year's Edinburgh Tattoo. Where was Bill Patterson and his beautiful voice? The voices of Jennifer Reoch and JJ Chalmers don't suit this event. Nor do we need interviews in the middle of the music items. And the music needs needs a professional to fine-tune the sound problems. I always send a tattoo DVD as a Christmas gift to family in Canada. Not this year, just not up to the usual standards. Yours, etc. Diane McLee. Address supplied. Why bother? Sir, another wind farm has been granted planning permission by Scottish ministers, despite the fact an earlier public inquiry identified that the development of the Shepherd's Rig wind farm near Cairnsmore of Carfsfairn in Dumfries and Galloway will undoubtedly have an impact on the experience of, of walking in these hills. It was recommended for refusal by two reporters, but as a result of a change in Scottish government policy through the new National Planning Framework for and the onshore wind policy statement, 
Reporters were forced to change their recommendation to ministers as apparently the contribution to renewable energy targets now outweighs significant landscape and visual effects. Mountaineering Scotland CEO Scott Uni said, Under the new policy framework, renewable energy companies will be looking forward to generating big profits at the expense of our world-class landscape. We should be very concerned about what our country is going to look like over the next 10 to 20 years. What is the point of having a planning system when the opinions of the public and statutory consultees are completely ignored? We might as well not bother. That, of course, is what the Scottish Government is aiming for. Eileen Jackson, Scotland Against Spin So fast, so good, sir. Presumably from down the back of the Butte House sofa, the First Minister has found £24 million of our taxes to pay for climate-related problems in three African countries. This cash was clearly not available to help with the Scottish drug death crisis or to alleviate poverty in this country or assist those sleeping rough on our streets, nor was it made available to our councils to make an attempt of some kind at lifting our roads and infrastructure up from the third world level they occupy at the present time. Why is it that with the SNP slash Greens running things, cash can always be found for prestigious Scottish look at me items, but not for the basics of decent human life in this country? Yours etc. Alexander Mackay, Address Supplied. Reader's Charter. This newspaper is built in a tradition of accuracy and fairness giving you the information you need to understand our world, holding power to account and exposing injustice. Our trusted brand means we are the only place where you can read in and participate in honest debates. We are committed to giving a voice to those who struggle to be heard, as well as those whose profession is crafting an argument. Our Reader's Charter spells out our commitment to you. You can read the Charter online at kirkyherald at gnscotland.co.uk that's K-I-R-K-Y-H-E-R-A-L-D at sign G-N-S-C-O-T-L-A-N-D dot C-O dot U-K. Take a leaf out of Pilot Pupil's books. Keep Scotland Beautiful has announced that the expansion of its Learning About Forest L-E-A-F programme after more than 50 establishments participated in the pilot project, LEEF, or LEAF, a programme from the Foundation for Environmental Education, advocates outdoor learning and hands-on experiences, resulting in pupils gaining a deeper and more involved understanding of the natural world. Its key aims are to reconnect children and young people of all ages with nature while promoting and expanding outdoor education and improving their knowledge of forest-based ecosystems. LEAF is an extension of Keep Scotland Beautiful's Climate Action Schools, a framework of education initiatives to support Scotland's educators and young people to progress learning for sustainability and climate change education. The Scottish Government recently published Learning for Sustainability Action Plan 2023-2030, stated that learners ask for more opportunities to learn outdoors and be in nature and to be empowered to make actionable changes in their educational settings. The LEAF pilot programme, which ended earlier this year, was a fantastic success 
with 53 schools and nurseries across 21 local authorities taking part. They enjoyed a variety of nature-based activities, including identifying trees and wildlife that depend on their local habitats, working with local councils to make schools better for wildlife, and planting trees, flowers, bulbs, fruit and vegetables. LEAF increases opportunities for pupils to learn outdoors, while allowing students to take the lead on improving their school grounds and local community for the benefit of nature. The programme can be adapted to fit with learners in nurseries, primary and secondary schools, and to pupils with additional support needs. Nicola Davidson, Keep Scotland Beautiful Education and Learning Officer, said, LEAF is a fantastic opportunity for schools and nurseries to get involved in a project that supports mental and physical health of pupils and teachers, as well as giving pupils the, the opportunity to expand their learning in an outdoor environment. Outdoor learning and nature connection are not an extra to be fitted in. They are key components of education that have been demanded by pupils. Our LEAF pilot was full of enthusiastic participants, from those delivering the programme to the young people learning from it, and we're excited to now be able to offer this to even more schools across Scotland. Numbers for the second LEAF programme are limited, and schools are encouraged to enrol early to avoid disappointment. Registration forms must be completed before the beginning of October. For more information, visit www.keepscotlandbeautiful.org slash climate-action-schools slash leaf. Keep Scotland Beautiful is a charity for Scotland's environment. It inspires action in communities across the country to combat climate change, tackle litter and waste, restore nature and biodiversity, and improve communities. To find out more, visit www.keepscotlandbeautiful.org. Funding creative projects in libraries. Libraries across Scotland can apply to the Public Library Improvement Fund to help finance creative projects and sustainable services. Projects that could be supported under the £450,000 Scottish Government Fund include tackling the cost of living crisis, bridging the digital divide, tackling the attainment gap for children and young people, or addressing sustainable development goals. The Scottish Library and Information Council, administrators of the fund, will make awards in line with the aims and ambitions of its current strategy. Pamela Tullich, Scottish Library and Information Council Chief Executive, said, A key part of the grant criteria is ensuring the impact of these projects is sustained beyond the one-year funding period. At a time when Scotland's communities are experiencing economic and environmental challenges, leaving behind a valuable legacy of skills, experience, resources and partnerships that will benefit the community for years to come has never been more important. The fund is open from Wednesday, September 6th at the Scottish Library's website. Culture Minister Christina McKelvey said, Libraries provide much more than just access to reading material, resources and information. They play a crucial role in empowering our communities. The funding award will enable libraries to expand and improve on the services they provide with many of the projects helping to reduce inequalities, tackle social isolation and address mental health problems. Give volunteering a good hearing. If you're compassionate, empathetic, a good listener 
and can build trust, you could be the right person to become a volunteer panel member for Children's Hearings. Children's Hearings Scotland has launched a campaign to find new volunteers. More than 2,500 volunteers serve in Scotland's Children's Hearings, which are legal meetings set up when there have been concerns about the well-being or care of an infant, child or young person. At each hearing, three panel members listen and make legal decisions with and for the infant, child or young person. Their role includes making sure that the young person is at the heart of the decisions made. Serving panel members help launch the campaign, which runs until October the 3rd. Adverts will run in print, broadcast and social media. Elliot Jackson, CHS National Convener and Chief Executive said, This campaign is based on what young people who have experience of children's hearings are telling us they want to see in their panel members. Qualities such as being trustworthy, compassionate, empathetic and a good listener. If you want to make a difference in your local community, I encourage you to take the opportunity to apply. Panel members must be 18 or over and are appointed for three years. They receive comprehensive training leading to a professional development award accredited to SCQF Level 7 by the Scottish Qualifications Authority. Hearings take place during the week, but, as they are statutory tribunals, employers have a duty to allow reasonable time off. To apply, visit www.chsscotland.gov.uk slash volunteer hyphen with hyphen us slash panel hyphen members. Still burying our heads in the sand. Some 53% of people in Scotland do not have a will, new research has found. The statistics for Scotland are marginally better than the UK-wide picture, which found that 59% of the population does not have paperwork protecting their loved ones in the event of their death. Peter Devena Franks, Will-Aid Campaigner Director, said, It is vital that those without one consider the benefits of getting their affairs in order. He said, The results show that we have a population that is burying its head in the sand when it comes to preparing their loved ones. Our poll delved into the many reasons why people avoid drawing up a will, with many citing the difficulties that they have talking about and thinking about death. We recognise that this is a tricky conversation to have with the people you care about, but drawing up paperwork to protect the ones you love after you are gone comes with a sense of peace. Expense was cited as another barrier to making a will which, in light of the current cost of living crisis, is understandable. Will aid can provide a cost-effective solution that comes with the security that a will is being drafted by a professional, regulated and insured solicitor while you help vulnerable charities also struggling at this time. In Scotland, the main barrier to making a will were a lack of time and 33%, nothing worthy of passing on at 30% and cost on 21%. Will Aid runs in November, raises money for nine UK charities, Action Aid, British Red Cross, Christian Aid, NSPCC, Save the Children, Sightsavers, Age UK, SCIAF Scotland and Trochair Northern Ireland. Solicitors volunteer their time to write wills for members of the public. Instead of paying the usual fee for the will, the client is asked to make a voluntary upfront donation to Will Aid. 
The suggested donation for a basic will is £100 for a single and £180 for a pair of mirror wills. Peter added, There are still so many people in the UK who do not have a will and this needs to be addressed. Those who wish to book a will aid appointment can do so from September onwards on 0300 0309 558, that's 0300 0309 558, or visit the Wellaid website. Scottish Water Staff Vote for Strike Workers in Scottish Water have voted to take action unless proposed changes to their pay and grading are withdrawn and a fair pay offer is tabled. Unison consulted its members with 82% saying they were willing to take strike action. The union is now calling on Scottish Water to sit down properly to discuss any new pay and grading proposals. Patricia MacArthur, Unison Scottish Water Branch Secretary said, It is not acceptable to withhold a cost of living pay rise when workers are living through the highest inflation in generations. They should not have to wait for a pay rise which is already months late. Unite has also confirmed that around 500 frontline Scottish water workers have indicated support for strike action. A consultative ballot result indicated 92% of members supporting strike action on a high turnout of 84%. Meet Coco a delightful four-year-old Staffordshire Bull Terrier cross on the lookout for her forever home. Coco is a real sweetheart. Coco's heart is sweet and affectionate. Her warm and friendly nature is sure to bring joy to any household. Coco can live with children over the age of 12 years old, and although she can say hello to some friendly dogs outside, she would prefer to be the only pet in her forever home. Coco's affectionate spirit thrives on companionship as when left alone, she can become distressed, highlighting her need for owners who can provide the comfort and confidence she requires. A home where someone is present most of the time will be the key to helping Coco flourish. She has a passion for the outdoors, has loads of energy and is very intelligent. If you can give Coco her forever home, please call 01506 873 459. That's 01506 873 Four, five, nine. District News General Holyrood View Canal Festival makes a welcome return by Rona Mackay, MSP The Scottish Parliament has returned after what has been an incredibly busy summer in my constituency. There are low points. The Tory me cost of living crisis continues to weigh heavily on local people as I witnessed daily addressing the worries and concerns of constituents. But there were also high points. Getting out and about to meet individuals, visiting organisations who do so much good in the area, and attending some wonderful local events. I accompanied Marie Todd, MSP, Minister for Social Care, Mental Wellbeing and Sport, on a visit last month to the inspirational Deaf Blind Scotland Centre at Lenzie along with my colleague Amy Callaghan, MP. The Minister met with Deathblind Scotland's Chief Executive Isabella Goldie, volunteers and members to learn about the latest developments at the centre to benefit people with dual sensory loss. She also had the chance to be introduced to some of the wonderful working guide dogs who provide life-changing partnerships for those living with deafblindness. 
One major highlight for everyone in the constituency was the return of our fabulous Kirkintilla Canal Festival. And what a return! Thousands set course for the weekend full of brilliant entertainment. It's great to see the Canal Festival back in all its glory and as a big a success as ever. It's incredibly important to the area's culture and economy. Congratulations to the organisers for making the packed programme of events run so well. It was so good to see so many locals and visitors out and about enjoying themselves. I had a fantastic time. The fireworks were spectacular, as always. The festival is iconic and marks Kirkintilloch history on the watercourse very well, proving the town really is the canal capital of Scotland. Of course, the much-loved annual event is just one of a wealth of wonderful destinations for local people and tourists. From gate restaurants and bars to museums, golf courses and unique shops across our towns and villages, not forgetting the Antering Wall and the Thomas Muir Heritage Trail, the area has much to offer. My constituency office is open 9.30 to 4.30pm on Mondays and Fridays. Call 0141 776 1561 or email rona.mackay.msp at sign parliament.com for a surgery appointment. Bargain Hunt comes to Kirky. On Monday, August 28th, Kirkintilloch Rotary Club has a special valuation day at the golf club. Anita Manning and her Great Western Auction team of expert valuers came to help raise funds for the Glasgow Children's Hospital charity. It was an outstanding success with people bringing treasures that range from vases, antique swords, to carpets, paintings and teddy bears. Anita gave a very uplifting speech of her belief in the great good that Rotary does both at home and abroad to bring aid where it is needed in the world. Lady Provost, Gillian Rennick, paid a visit and brought some of Kirkintosh treasurers to be valued. The Rotary Club are delighted to report that they raised £750 on the day. Chess Is anyone out there interested in starting up a chess club? Speak to Stefan, nicknamed Master Steph. You might be interested in one of the free online chess sites, chessworld.net. Various. Fancy a cycle? Colin and Stefan plan to get on our bikes a bit more. If you want to join us, do let us know. Nothing too strenuous. Canal Bank or the Old Strathkelvin Railway Route. Info for you. You can now see the key contacts for SDMP on the last page of each month's newsletter, but please let the editor know if there are any important changes in your details. Or email our email address is sdmp2 at signoutlook.com. You'll find lots of current information on our website. Going green with Angela Terry. Green campaigner and consumer expert Angela Terry separates climate change facts from fiction, explaining how you can take simple, practical steps to help save the planet. Follow at sign our one home and visit onehome.org.uk for more advice, emailing all your weather, environmental and sustainability questions to askangela at sign onehome.org.uk Wear it well, shop for second-hand fashion, 
Shopping for second-hand fashion could prevent carbon emissions equivalent to those provided by 261,000 flights to Greece. Analysis from Oxfam suggests... The charity has launched its annual campaign, Second Hand September, which encourages people to shop second hand and donate what they will no longer need or wear all month long. Releasing new research to mark the annual campaign, Oxfam said that only 10% of wardrobe contents are second hand. The charity cited figures from the Waste and Resources Action Programme, which estimates that the average adult wardrobe consists of 118 items. Oxfam said if half of those items were bought second-hand, it would prevent 12.5 billion kilograms of carbon dioxide created by manufacturing new clothes from entering the atmosphere, equivalent to that produced by 261,000 flights from London Heathrow to Athens. It also said that if each adult in the UK donated all their clothes they have not worn in the past year to charity shops, it could remove the needs for 4.9 billion kilograms of carbon emissions equivalent to flying a plane around the world more than 6,600 times. The findings come amid increasing awareness of the negative effects of the fashion industry, which accounts for 10% of global carbon emissions, according to the UN, which is more than international aviation and shipping combined. Money raised from Oxfam fashion goes towards Oxfam's work with partners fighting poverty and the impact of the climate climate emergency around the world. The charity said that an increasing number of shoppers, activists and people within the fashion industry are shopping second-hand since the first second-hand September campaign in 2019. B. Garnet, stylist, sustainable fashion advocate and senior fashion advisor at Oxfam said second-hand clothes have been an emergency style and agreed it's become cool to care. I've seen a huge change. Kids love to do it now. And what's brilliant is that secondhand now has become a trend. It's a genuine tipping point for it being a style choice, she told the PEA news agency. The big difference now is that it's seen as a point of activism and originality. Kids are proud that they're going to be secondhand because it shows independence and a form of activism and strong decisions. Mrs Garnet, who came up with the idea to do visual campaigns for secondhand September, Collaborating with stars such as Sienna Miller and Felicity Jones said second-hand shopping is also an antidote to the culture of newness, of Instagram and disposability. Makita Oliver, Oxfam's second-hand clothes ambassador, said It's timely that we're talking about second-hand clothes and living in a more sustainable way as awareness of the environmental impact of our shopping choices is growing. Celebrity Spot Stephen Fry, Hayley Atwell and Bella Ramsey are among the stars calling for environmentally friendly contract agreements between actors and film and TV production companies. Sir Mark Rylance has also backed a proposed contractual agreement called Green Rider, which is looking to improve sustainability in the UK's film and TV industry. The agreement would insert commitments to eco-friendly practices into stars' contracts. Green Swap Replacing disposable razors with a safety razor can save more than 400 plastic razor blades from being thrown away every year. Also, choose to use a cloth bag instead of plastic. They last longer, as well as being an eco-choice. 
Fact or fiction? Electric is more expensive than gas. Electric is up to four times more expensive than gas. No surprise people aren't keen on switching from gas boilers to electric ones. However, as technology improves, the price will decrease. New Energy Secretary needs to step off the gas. Claire Coutinho has replaced Grant Schnapps as Secretary of State for Energy Security and Net Zero, with campaigners hoping she can accelerate the green transition while opposition politicians bemoan the rapid turnover of ministers. She'll be the seventh Energy Secretary in the past four years as Grant Schnapps takes up his new post as Defence Secretary, replacing Ben Wallace. Greenpeace UK said that wishes her the best of luck in accelerating the drive to net zero, with the non-governmental organisation's policy director, Dr Doug Parr, adding, We don't envy the new energy secretary's job. She's picked up the baton for the final leg of a relay, where her fellow runners have mostly been walking, sometimes backwards. Her department has a huge amount of catching up to do to tackle both the energy and climate challenges in her new job title. Opponents of Mr Shapps criticised his record in de- decarbonisation, though Shadow Attorney General Emma Thornberry described him as a talented politician. Dave Timms, Head of Political Affairs at Friends of the Earth, said, Good riddance to Grant Shapps. He seemed to be more concerned with playing childish politics and social media than the serious policies needed to address the greatest challenge of our time. The country needs a serious Secretary of State who will step up to give the certainty and support that businesses and people will need to invest in the changes that will cut, cut both emissions and the cost of living. We hope Claire Coutinho will be that person. Ms Coutinho was promoted to Energy Secretary from a ministerial position in the Department for Education. She has been the MP for East Surrey since her election in 2019. In a post on Twitter, now known as X, Shadow Climate Secretary Ed Miliband said, Reshuffling of the deck chairs will not deliver proper energy, the proper energy policy Britain needs. Chief Executive of OEUK, which represents energy companies in the North Sea, Dave Whitehouse, said, We welcome the appointment of Claire Coutinho as MP as the new Secretary of State for Energy Security and Net Zero, a crucial role in a vital department, particularly at this time when security of supply and delivering meaningful action on the transition are at the forefront of energy policy. Tessa Khan, Executive Director of Uplift, said she hopes Ms Coutinho will accelerate renewables and insulate homes to help lower people's bills and move towards net zero. She hopes the new Energy Secretary will not think the solution in the UK's lies in the UK's dwindling oil and gas reserves. Planning Notices Eastern Bartonshire Council Public Notices Civic Government Brackets Scotland Act 1982 Application for Renewal of a Second-Hand Vehicle Dealer Licence The undernoted has applied for the renewal of a second-hand vehicle dealer licence in terms of the above Act. Name and address of applicant Sharon Hunter 128 Waverley Crescent, Kirkintullock, G66, 2DA. Day-to-day manager. 
Sharon Hunter. Premises, 128 Waverley Crescent, Kirkintilloch, G66 2DA. Days and hours of trading. Monday to Sunday, 9am until 6pm, by appointment only. Any objections or representations in terms of paragraph 3 brackets 1 of Schedule 1 of the Act should be logged with the undernoted no later than 28 days from the publication date of the newspaper in which this advertisement appears. Deputy Chief Executive, Education, People and Business, Eastern Martinshire Council, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintilloch, G66 1TJ. Planning Applications Format Application number, followed by address slash location, followed by proposal, followed by type of advert, followed by period of reps. TP slash ED slash 23 slash 0464 210 Kirkintilloch Road, Bishop Briggs, Eastern Bartonshire, G64 2NE. Replacement roof slates for whole building and replacement roof light window. Section 65, affecting CA, 21 days. TP slash ED slash 23 slash 0467. 10 Victoria Road, Lindsay, Eastern Bartonshire. G66 5AW. Erect single-storey rear extension following demolition of existing conservatory. Section 65, affecting CA, 21 days. The application plans and other documents can be viewed online through the Council's website. The current restrictions on non-essential office work associated with the coronavirus pandemic means that plans cannot be viewed in Council offices as normal. Written comments may be made within the above period to the Council through the Council's website or to the above address. Any representations will be treated as public documents and made available for inspection by interested parties, and may also be published on the Council's website. Traffic Notices Town and Country Planning Development Management Procedure Brackets Scotland Regulations 2013, Regulation 20, brackets 2. North Lanarkshire Council. This application with the associated plans and documents can be inspected online using simple search at www.eplanning.northlanarkshire.gov.uk forward slash online hyphen applications or at the local office below. Anyone wishing to make a comment can do so online or in writing within 14 days of this notice. Application number 23-00863-FUL Site Location Auchin Grey Nursery, Lindsay Road, Steps, North Lanarkshire, G33 6BZ Proposed Development 1.5 Storey Side Extension 
Planning and Place Manager, Civic Centre, Windmill Hill Street, Motherwell, ML11AB. NorthLanarkshire.gov.uk North Lanarkshire Council Strategic Environmental Assessment Screening Determination Notice of the determination that the North Lanarkshire Council Air Quality Action Plan 2023-2028 will not require a Strategic Environmental Assessment Environmental Assessment Scotland Act 2005, Section 8, Brackets 1, Screening Determination. North Lanarkshire Council is preparing an update to their Air Quality Action Plan for the period 2023-2028, in accordance with Section 8, Brackets 1 of the Environmental Assessment Scotland Act 2005, following consultation with the Strategic Environmental Assessment Statutory Consultees, North Lanarkshire Council has determined that the Air Quality Action Plan 2023-2028 is unlikely to give rise to significant environmental effects and that a strategic environmental assessment is not required. The screen determination is available on request by contacting Pollution Control and Public Health at Kildonan PS, that's K-I-L-D-O-N-A-N, capital P, capital S, at northlan.gov.uk or by telephone on 01236 856 300 Aiming for Better An article written by Brian Yule and read by me, Connie. Lauren McCulloch is hopeful Rossville women can go one better than last season and win promotion to the SWPL2. Julie McSherry's side suffered playoff agony in a 1-0 defeat to Stirling University at Broadwood Stadium back in June. However, they dusted themselves down over the summer and despite being without last season's top goal scorer Louise McJacobs, who will be out for some time with an ACL injury, have made a bright start to the new campaign. After three weeks of action, they are the only side in the championship with 100% record, as wins over Renfrew, East Fife and, most recently at home to Inverness Caledonian Thistle on Sunday, sees them top of the table. Both sides came into the match with two wins from the first two weeks of the new season, and it would be the away side who scored first through new signing Bella Viana. However, a double from Sarah Wardlaw, a goal from Megan Whitford, and a strike from range by captain Lauren Coleman had Rossville comfortable at half-time. Inverness applied pressure in the second half and got a goal back from Kirsty Deans, but missed a penalty as Rossville ran out 4-2 winners. McCulloch, who was last season's Young Player of the Year, was chosen to represent the club as players from all the Championship and League One sides were gathered together at Hamden. The midfielder said it was a really good season. And we went on a really good run towards the end of the season to grasp that playoff place. 
Getting so far, then, to be outdone 1-0 was a tough one to take, but we'll use it as fuel to go again this year, and hopefully go one better. Retaining the bulk of the squad we had last year is going to set us up well, and the aim is to get promotion, although fingers crossed we don't need to do it via a playoff this year. However, needs must and we've just got to take every game as it comes. And personally, I just want to play as many minutes as I can and make a good contribution to hopefully a successful season. It will be first against second on Sunday as Rossville travel to West Dyke, who lost 6-2 to Air United at the weekend. That article was written by Brian Yule and read by me, Corey. Geraldine walking all the way to Rome. An article by Brian Yule and read by me, Corey. A Barlornock woman aims to complete her epic 2,000-mile walk from home to Rome in November. Geraldine McFall, who departed Glasgow in May, is raising funds for Mary's Meals and Dementia UK. Having first considered the trip around seven years ago, Geraldine, who works as a freelance risk management consultant, finally decided to get her walking shoes on after friends told her to just get on with it. Geraldine, 54, said, I've just had the thought. I've never been to Rome. I'm going to walk there one day. And that was it. My parents had been there, and I've been many places, travelled a lot. But for some reason, I've never been to Rome. I've done long walks before, but by that I mean 300 mile walks, not 2,000 mile walks. With no real set plan or itinerary, Geraldine admitted she's been making it up as she goes along, with the only rule being taking a lift is not an option. The adventurer, who averages 12 miles a day while pulling a trailer, recently reached a major milestone by setting foot in France. Geraldine reported, There have been no big disasters. Everything just seems to have happened and worked. I've not had any blisters. I've not had any aches or pains at all. Which is very bizarre. Although I'm not doing this as religious pilgrimage, I'm aiming to finish up the journey at the Vatican. But after that, I'll be flying home. I'm not walking back. I'm stupid, but I'm not daft. Geraldine has chosen to fundraise for Mary's Meals and Dementia UK, having been inspired by her late parents. She explained, Back in the 1970s, my dad was a taxi driver, and used to come home with all these half pennies. I would save them up and send them to Africa to feed the children. My aunt was a nun teaching in Nigeria, so in hindsight the money was probably going to help her school and village. Dementia UK have Admiral Nurses, who were an incredible support to me when my mum was first diagnosed, and again when she moved into her care home. They understand both her needs and mine, and helped immensely. That article was written by Brian Yule, and read by me, Corey. WRCED makes presence known. August meant Community Days and Walk Run Cycle Eastern Bartonshire, WRCED, were in attendance. 
The first Lenzi Community Festival took place on Saturday, August 19th, and we had a stall in Ingleside. There were lots of activities, things to do, and events to attend throughout the town. The organisers did a fantastic job, and it was an amazing community day. Hopefully one for the diary next year. The Kirkintall Canal Festival was back during the last week of the month for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic, and we had to be involved. It was great to see the event so well attended after being off for a few years, and lovely to meet members who came to say hello and talk all things walk, run, cycle. We also recruited more members, spreading the word of our amazing group. On the same Saturday as the Canal Festival was taking place, 26 members headed to Queen Street Station. From there, they embarked on a three-hour train journey to Karur, the highest train station in the UK, to hit the hills. Their mission was to bag a Munro, as they climbed to the High Bean Nala, in the heart of the wild area to the northeast of Rannoch Moor. It was a fun day, despite the typical Scottish weather, as WRCED's first ever group trip proved to be a great success. As always, check out the Walk, Run, Cycle Eastern Bartonshire group on Facebook to find inspiration for your next adventure, or to join us on a group meet-up soon. That article was emailed into the paper by Lorna Thompson, WRCED2020 at gmail.com. Rob Roy are out, but other sides into the next round. Kirkintilloch Rob Roy boss Kevin McGoldrick was aggrieved by his sides defeating as they were knocked out of the Scottish Junior Cup on penalties. Rob Roy travelled to Gartcairn in the first round and were one up at half-time through a Michael Barber goal. The home side equalised in the second half as Aidan MacDonald scored an own goal, but the visitors went back in front as Kean Gildy found the net. Daniel Burns levelled the tie and Gartcairn went on to win 5-4 on penalties. McGoldrick told the club's media team, I'm gutted because it was the national competition and you want to get to the latter stages. I thought in the first half we should have been maybe two or three up and had the game finished. I told them at half time we needed to finish the game as soon as possible but for some reason we sat off and Gart Cairn came back into it. I know they're young boys but they need to quickly learn as if we Give goals away, won't win games. Ashfield also went to penalty shootout away to Kilburnie Ladeside, but were able to book their place in the next round. Greg Burns scored the visitors' goal in a 1-1 draw, and Ashfield then won it 4-2 from the spot. Things were more straightforward for Peters Hill, Caledonian Locomotive and Rossville to reach the second round. Peter Hill won 7-0 at home to Canvas Lang Rangers as Darren Miller grabbed a hat-trick while Derek Hepburn, Dominic Morgan, Blair Pringle and Ryan Thompson were also on target. Callie won 7-2 away to White Hills as Connor McTeer, Roddy Patterson and Matthew Sutherland 
all got doubles after Eden Falls opened the scoring. Rossville eased to a 2-1 win away to Wishaw with goals from Daniel Fitzpatrick and Mark Russell. Saturday fixtures, WOS Premier Division, Rob Roy vs Clyde Bank, First Division, Thornywood United vs Peters Hill, Ashfield vs Drumchapel United. Second Division, Cali Locos vs Ardrossan Winton Rovers, Glasgow Persher vs St Anthony's. Third Division, Bells Hill Athletic vs West Park United. Fourth Division, Rossville vs Saltcoats Victoria. Victory for Tigers Duel in Championship Pairs. An article by Phil Lanning and read by me, Corey. Glasgow Tigers won the Championship Pairs after an epic last two races at Oxford on Friday. The duo of Ben Basso and Chris Harris outgarned Red Carr in the final to secure their second pair titles in four years. Basso won the decider and Harris finished third to make sure the silverware returned to Ashfield. Harris said, I won't be celebrating. I'll have a bottle of coke because I'm racing in France and I have to leave right now. I just tried to get over Danny King in the final. I knew if I got that third place, we had it in the back. But when you've got a hard charger like Danny behind you, it's hard because you know he won't give up. I've won this twice in the old Elite League, but not at this level, so it's nice to put this on the mantelpiece now. That's one down and a few more to go at Glasgow. Now we can concentrate on the playoffs, but we'll see what happens. Some really tough meetings ahead. Harris broke the track record in Heat 1 and a 7-2 win over Plymouth in their next outing put them at the top of the leaderboard. They then finished second and third behind Oxford's Lewis Kerr and did the same behind Redcar's Charles Wright to secure narrow heat advantages over their big rivals. The Tigers then produced a wonderful team ride to knock out hosts Oxford in the semi-final, with Basso producing a brave race as Harris delivered a masterclass in team riding. Basso added, I felt like I did pretty good last year, but I didn't come through. It was great to have Chris by my side when I really needed it, especially in the semi-final. It was a bit sketchy in that race. I was chasing back wheels trying to get past Lewis Kerr. I could see Chris looking out for me all the time. There are just two matches remaining of the regular season as Tigers return to action in the Championship this week. Oxford Cheaters will be the visitors to Ashfield on Friday with new signing Vadim Tarasenko set to make his debut before Tigers travel to Red Car Bears on Sunday. Tigers have already booked their spot in the playoffs, but will still be looking to finish top of the table to be able to choose their opposition. That article was written by Phil Lanning and read by me, Corey. That concludes this week's edition of the Kickingville Herald podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our channels at Tune Review 
and to tell your friends about our service. <laughs>